0: I want us to look at it. What kind of Christians are we? I'm not saying we should not have judgment. I'm just asking us to be Christians. I'm sending him back to you. Receive him as if you received me. Verse 13. whom I wish to keep him with me. So that on behalf of you, he can help me while I'm in this house arrest. Because I'm under chain. But I still must preach the gospel. So I need some other people to help me run around in this city of Rome. Because if you read Acts 28, the Bible says that every single worker in the house of Caesar heard the gospel through Paul. Even the soldiers that were making sure that this guy never gets out. He was still preaching to them. Oh, what a Christian. We're not like that because we're smart so we don't forgive. We're not like that because we're smart, because we always remember the bad things people do to us. Oh, but Bible tells us that yes, you must always forgive. I don't want anybody to signify it, but please, is there someone that still offends you badly right now and you don't want to forgive them? I beg you in the name of God, please forgive well, you say, ah, it's because you don't know the details. And there is always devil in the details. And that's why I need to kick the devil out. There's devil in the details because, yeah, you say, if you are you, if you, you being a Christian, you can preach it, preach it. But can you do it? They asked Jesus, how many times should my own brothers hurt me before I stop forgiving them? Five times? Four times? Seven times? Say, well, yeah, that's convenient. Let's do 70 times 7. That's just good saying, look, just, and that's just, and don't let your anger stay till tomorrow, right? Just try and keep the record for one day. How many times she will, not my church members, not someone that worked with me at office, at least that's casual, I'll get away from them after seven hours. My brothers, someone that is close to me, someone that can, when it hurts me, it really hurts bad. Sincerely, if there is any lesson we're going to learn from Philemon, is paul begging him says you are a brother you are a fellow worker your house is a place where people come as church however someone robbed you someone stole from you someone that you own as a property you could have put everything out there to arrest him and do everything but now he is now a christian his name is Onesmus, you know him I could have commanded you by authority being an old person because we walk together and say please just let this brother stay with you but I beg you receive him back as if you are receiving me. Take him. I would love to keep him with me in Rome so that he can help me with the work of the ministry because I can't go out. They won't let me go out. I'm under house arrest but it will not be of great use for me. It will be greatly used in Colosse, where you live verse 14 but without your consent I wanted to do nothing that your good deed might not be by a compulsion as if it were, but voluntary I want you to voluntarily show forth your maturity in God now, to forgive a slave you owned that has stolen from you, that ran away from you, now found Christ to accept him back, first of all I want us to know greatly beyond just someone that, you know Uh, That hurts you bad. If anybody becomes a Christian, please accept them. If someone truly, truly, truly gives their life to Christ and you can tell that this person is confessing and is acting in line with the Word of God, accept them. What if they've done something bad? And I mean really bad. Let's talk really bad now. What is bad? What if someone already killed somebody before? Uh, You say, We we can't be foolish, we're Americans. an adult. How can I forgive such a person? Oh, yeah. That's what God is asking you. What if someone has done something really, really bad and you get to know about it? Oh, well, yeah. As long as the person actually repents, repentance is not words. Repentance is action. Someone turns around. Someone begins to say, I used to be this. I do them no more. I used to do this. I do them. Of course, well, you say, well, but I know people. They will change again. But then, yeah, Christ could have said that same thing to you and I. Oh, I know, brother, you know, it will change again. So don't let me forgive him. No, but Christ never does that. He says, for as your sins are, I move as is far away from, I separate them. I remember them no more. God is not a God that has amnesia. It's not a God that he, he cannot remember. But he chooses not to remember and he's asking us to be like him. Philemon, I don't want you by compulsion. Many times people ask this question and ask me, Oh, you know, why can't you say this and tell someone, I said, I have never been a spiritual police. I can't tell people something and say, Stop doing this or stop doing that. I can only encourage and persuade and beg you. There is no authority. Jesus could have made everyone to believe him. But he says, oh, as many as would love to see God, I want you to choose. Say, for today there is before you life and death. Pick one. Pick one. So I beg God in the name of God. Philemon was a rich man. Philemon had his own family. He was using his own house as a church. He had slaves, of which one of them was Onesimus. Onesimus stole, robbed, and ran away. But somehow, let's see this. Paul convinced Onesimus. Go back to your master, but now I want to go there and serve. Oh yeah. If I was an I'd be like, I'm going back, but not to where I used to be a bad person. I will go somewhere else if you want me to go. But here is the thing, we just learned that. God, where will you want me to be used? To? Where will you want me to be? Uh, Paul knew something about Colossae very well. If you read the book of Colossians, you will see the mind. If you read the book of Acts, you will see how Paul, having interacted with people in Colossae, the challenges. Paul was a man that suffered a lot. He saw a lot. He understood a lot. He saw all kinds of challenges. So when he set people up, when he started ministries, he will see, "Ah, there's a problem in this city. There is a problem in this city. There is a problem in this city. And he will encourage more people to go and stay in those places. That's why we call him an apostle. He has missions. Missionary he was. Verse 15. For perhaps he departed for a while for this purpose that you might receive him forever. No longer as a slave. But more than a slave, a beloved brother especially to me but how much more to you both in the flesh and in the lord he left you but i perceive god being god that he allowed all these events to transpire and now he's coming back to you he left you as a slave but he is coming back now i wanted to take him not as a slave but as a brother That's hard, especially if you are the boss. He says, take him back. But not just in the flesh, but also in the law. Because he says, when it comes to you, I want him to serve. He could have stayed with me in Rome, but I want him to serve. One of the hallmarks of a great Christian is service to God. And that service is independent of time and place and circumstance. Every time I've been challenged, why are you still in the Redeemed Christian Church of God? I'm like, so where do you want me to go? Well, there are so many churches. There are so many closer to my home. At least I can count 20 before I get here. But where God wants me to serve is where God has placed me so that I can meet brothers and sisters that we can talk together and live together and challenge ourselves. Tomorrow, if God sends me somewhere else, I will go. Peru. Iceland? The long way. i I'm sure everybody's like, ah, deceive yourself. I know you can say it on the pulpit. Let God hear you for once. Oh, absolutely. God hears me every time. Every time. He hears me in my heart. Uh, Who here will volunteer to go to Saudi Arabia? Uh, the only thing we want to go to is UAE. We want to go to UAE to shop not for missions. But if God is going to send me anywhere, I want to go anywhere God will have me. Because I know wherever God will send me, He will bless me there. And the blessing is not money. The blessing is the peace of mind and health. The blessing is being constantly with God. Yesterday I taught my children a lot of things. Because, you know, we it ourselves. Uh, it was teaching them anatomy of the brain. And we're talking about concussion, mild trauma, and everything. And... They were asking questions, and I said, okay, so you know now that your brain has about 100 billion neurons, and you know, if you have a massive head shape, uh, you could lose some of the connections in your brain, and you will not be able to remember things. And to them, it was amazing. Like, so how do memories form? Well, well, you see things, they register in your brain, and then that's how it is, and then you can lose them. You see people with Parkinson's disease and all kinds of things that they have smaller brain over time. So they're like, oh wow, so all these things uh, God made. Us. I said, well, yeah, God. So can God stop anything from happening? Absolutely, yes. God can make the brain to heal back. But really, most times, they don't heal back, you know, when you start losing connections. And they begin to ask so many more interesting questions. And then we were talking about the, the liver, uh, the functions of the liver and everything. I had to show them videos. We do text, you know. Uh, we we'll watch the video and we we'll do question and answer. And one thing I see is that, you know, they constantly wonder about this, the structure of God and how he made us and everything. And one thing I see from them is the fact that God has placed me right there for them now. If tomorrow I'm dead and gone, I will not be able to fulfill that purpose. And that is the essence of placement. God places you somewhere so that you can be functional. So that you can discharge your duty. When the time is over, it's over. Oh, when I'm lying dead somewhere in the box where they put me, I don't know whether it's going to be brown cover or gold cover or whatever. I'm sure it's going to be far away from where I really want to be. I will not be able to teach them any of those things. And that is what purpose is all about. What's your purpose? Why are you here now? Oh, time is running away. Every time you hear the tick of that clock, that is one less time you have. Oh, I wish I could do something. I wish I could carry more weight. I, no, no, no. Yeah, time is going. Every time you keep wishing and wishing, time is going. Which I believe because it's what you do now. Paul said the purpose for which I believe it came back to you, I want you to understand it. This man was a slave before, but he's coming back. I beg you, receive him as if you're receiving me. He was unprofitable to you before, but please consider that he comes back in the flesh. But not just as a slave, but as a brother, because now he has changed. I met him while I was in prison. I could have detained him. I could have used him in Rome. There is a lot of work. The reason why they said all roads lead to Rome was because Rome was the center of civilization at that time. So it, w- it would have been a great missionary work to keep Onesimus in Rome. Paul, under house arrest, that was one restless man of God I have ever seen. Oh, he got to Athens. He could not stay still. He said, "Oh, I looked around the city, and I could perceive that they put gods everywhere, and I see an inscription to an unknown god. I must go to this place and talk to them." He just escaped from punishment from Thessalonica. I thought he would relax. In fact, this snuck him out. And then he got to another city waiting. He said, oh, Timothy, what are you doing? Come and join me. We have to speak in this city. He was a restless man. So when he was in Rome, you can tell that he wanted to preach gospel. He spoke to every soldier that had to feed him, check whether he was still in the house. He preached gospel to them. He said, for every known soldier in the court of Caesar, I have spoken to them. So he could have let Onesimus stay with him, but he said there is a purpose. Why are you here? Why am I here? Again to the question when people ask me why are you in redeem Christians? Tomorrow I don't know where we'll be. I'm here today because of a purpose of God. And it's because of people, and it's because of what I will learn from people. Oh, I've grown, but I'm still a child. And I always want to continue to grow in God. And it's only in the place of service. If we're going to learn anything, please, one thing from Philemon, share your faith with everybody, even in your house. Two, forgive people. Forgive people. Love people freely. It is very easy to completely judge people by the cover of the book. You see him like this, he acts like this, she does this one time, two times, like, I've given you five chances, three strikes, that's it. I can't take it anymore. But in the name of God, Please let us review our policy about what God asks us to do. If our purpose on earth is to reach out to other people, Jesus gave the instruction and command to the disciples. He says, Go into all the world, specifically teaching people. What are we going to teach people? We like teaching people by what we say, but people learn better. How do I do that? Oh, so if I'm going to teach people and I want to teach forgiveness, how do I do that? You don't teach forgiveness by telling people forgive, 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 forgive. You show them what forgiveness is and then they will know what it is very simple and clear you won't have to say anything Gandhi my Gandhi he said I will have become a Christian except for Christians he said because when I see what they do he said of all the other religions I perceive that you know, you know but Christians i love to be a Christian but I will not be a Christian because I've seen Christians what they do see perhaps See how he matched and led thousands and thousands of people to, to basically get themselves freedom in India? One character like that, just because of some Christians, he did not give his life to Christ. Oh, that is what purpose is. That was what Paul was convincing Philemon about. Like, look, you have opened your house, people are looking at you. You, have, you are a true friend, you are a laborer. Please accept message. He was a slave, and he's coming back to you. Verse 17. If you come in as a partner, receive him as you will receive me. But if he has wronged you or owes you anything, uh, put that in my account. I'm going to pay. it. We cannot stand shorty for people anymore. If that brother or that sister has done you wrong, please, please, since you are my friend in Christ, we are laborers together. Whatever that thing may be, assume I did it. And please, I know you forgive me. Put it to my account. Verse 19. I, Paul, I am writing with my own hand. I will repay. Oh, gosh. Do you know Paul did not know Nessimus' parents, Christian, someone that has believed uncle, whatever. He met him and just believed this is a Christian, someone that has believed my gospel. And he was standing as short. He says if he holds you anything, put it in my tab. I will pay you when I come. Of course, number one, Paul was in prison. He does not know what was going to become of him. But yet, he was still guaranteeing someone else's freedom. He was still guaranteeing someone else's future in the ministry. Not to mention to you that you too owe me even your own body. So now, because he's familiar with him, he said, look, put everything he owes in my account, but please note that because you are my brother, you too owe me a lot. You can see the relationship. He had with Philemon. Philemon was a rich man, of course. Yes, verse 20, brother, let me have joy from you and the Lord. Refresh my heart in the Lord. That was the first thing he said. He said, I know this. Whenever I pray about you, my heart is filled with joy because I know you refresh other people's heart. Please, refresh my heart also. Take this brother back. He's a thief. He was a slave. He stole or robbed you. Whatever he stole from you, put it on my own time. I am writing this letter. Please, I will pay you back. By the way, you owe me to. But refresh my hand. Verse 21. And this is one thing. That every time I look at that verse, I, 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 I challenge myself and say, am I, am I a good Christian? Am I obedient to God? can someone say, yes, I'm obedient. This is what he said. I have confidence in your obedience. Oh, that's amazing. I write to you, I know in my heart that you will even do more than I say. I, Brother Paul, have confidence in you, Brother Philemon, of your obedience. I know that beyond what I am telling you, you will do more than that. Oh, that is one critical thing in faith, obedience. Can anyone, forget about even anyone, can God say, I know brother, Deborah boy will always obey me. That was what God spoke concerning the man of God. He said, I know, my son, he will teach his own children. We have to be people of character, especially so that God can vouch for us, so that some other person this man a man that I know you will obey God. Obedience is key, trust
1: and obey for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey, trust and obey For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey.
0: Those two words are very difficult. I can trust God but do not obey Him. I, I want us to learn something to trust God. Trusting God is very, very hard. Oh, I trust God that God will help me, but then I do not get any help. I trust God that God will provide for me, but I lack everything. I trust God that God will heal me, but I'm still sick. I trust that God will lift me up, but I'm still like in the lower rank of the ladder. But then, what is trust? If we cannot be obedient to God. The proof of your trust is obedience. And no, Peter said to Jesus, if thou... At Christ, bid me come. Ah, Jesus said, you trust me? You want to walk upon the waters? All right, come on. Come on now. Step on the water. <laughs> and before now, of course, Jesus already told Peter one time and said, oh, well, cast your net. Uh, Peter says, so, by the way, if you didn't know, uh, we've toiled all night and we caught nothing. I let you use my boat. And I didn't complain. Remember when you came, we were already folding the nets. So you asked me to cast the same net out in the water again? Uh, well, at your word, I will do it. So he did it that time and he saw a boat sinking harvest of fishes. He abandoned that. Now this time was second level of trust. He saw Jesus walking upon water, and He said, My side, we are petrified. Oh my God, we're going to die. Well, he says, if you are Jesus, tell me to walk Jesus, you sure? Okay, walk. The first time, that is the test of your obedience and test of your trust. If you truly trust God, you're going to be obedient. You're going to do something he asks you to do. Sometimes it will look super foolish. Sometimes it will look unreasonable. Sometimes it will look like you're not going to make it. Sometimes it will look like you are risking your entire integrity. <laughs> the people will say, and where did you keep your brain? When you are answering God like this. You don't know how to want to be obedient to God. You don't know what the options are available to you. And you really want to be obedient to God. But sincerely, this is one thing. It comes down to that thing. Do you know if Jesus doubted completely over and over? Will he risk that of dying on the cross? How can it be that my God will die for me? Knowing fully well they were going to kill him. He was going to die physically. Meaning all physical functions of the body will stop working. And yet he believed what he heard from the beginning. John chapter 17. That he will come back again. Oh, Bible says, and when Mary looked in the tomb. Say, watch, he's not here. It's gone. Oh yeah, he rose again. That is trust and obedience. He said, for I've come to die this way. We must trust in God. It's hard to say it. It's even harder to believe and be obedient to God. I have confidence in your obedience, Brother Philemon. You even do more than I ask you to do, verse 22. But meanwhile, also prepare a guest room for me. Spoiler alert, Paul never made it out of that prison. That was the last time he was going to write to Philemon. He died in there in the hands of Nero, a 32 or 33 year old king that promoted free sex on the street. He allowed the senators to do whatever, in fact, gay is him was the major advancement of Nero. He allowed, in fact, they have something they call the open bathroom in Rome. It's a dome where rich people, you know, will come, and you just go there and go bed naked with some other people. He had a bunch of books that people would just go and just do reverie, drink until they can no longer drink. The mother of Nero was challenging Nero every time. And in fact, the mother of Nero went into the last party and challenged his son My son, you are doing something bad. You are killing people. You are causing chaos. Nero said, Mother, don't worry. We can have this conversation tomorrow. God's security, can you take my mom back to Venice? On the boat, of course, because if you need leave, Venice especially, everything is water. And he told, he commanded the officers, make sure that that boat has all the knots loose. And that was his own mother. So he set the boat loose. The mother was going with some other people. The boat capsized. Some other people saw the mom trying to whatever. They went to help her and took her back to the Rome, the palace in Rome. The message got back to Nero that your mom survived it. Said, Oh my god, my mom will know that the son definitely wanted to kill her. Alright, gods, go and kill my mom as much as you can. Make sure. emperor there before I get back home. Nero, 32, 3-year-old came. he was the emperor. And the emperor, I mean the soldiers and the guards went, and you can read this in all the annals of Roman history. They went to the mom, and the mom was like. So you are the one who guided my son because he became king. You're gonna kill me now? Kill me! This is the womb that I carried him from. Stop me there. They looked at themselves that the king will kill us. Let's just do that. They slapped this woman several times in the woman. That was how they king Nero's mother. And when they asked, who was Paul that is disturbing? What was his case? Nonsense guy, where from he was preaching on Jesus, killing. He ordered the head of Paul. So Paul that says, "Please prepare his guest room for me, brother Philemon. I'm coming back." That was his final letter that he could write to anybody. He died in the hands of a 32-year guy that has no knowledge of God, does not care about God for anything. Again, why are we learning this? Every single person you can witness to, witness to them. Perhaps I, I don't know. Maybe if somehow Paul got chance to speak to Nero. He could have appealed to him some sense of God. Remember what happened to Paul and, and Festus in the book of Acts? They would come and ask Paul while he was detained in Caesarea for a long time. Every time. Talk to us about God. Talk to us about Jesus. And one day, he kept arguing about this. And then he says, Oh, Paul, oh, Paul, thy too much learning has turned you mad. You almost convinced me to be a Christian. That's the kind of power that we carry with purpose. Everywhere you go, influence somebody positively because you don't know where you will be last. He was writing Philemon. Here, prepare a guest house for me. For I trust through your prayers that I shall be granted to you. I will be released. Okay. A My fellow prisoner in Christ, Jesus, greets you. So also Mark. So Mark, the person that basically wrote the book of Mark, constantly they were going to visit Paul while he was in prison that time. Timothy was visiting. Because Paul always had around him almost six or seven people every time. That he was either mentoring, teaching, encouraging. You see from so many scriptures. Aquila and Priscilla, he mentored them, Aristarch, all kinds of people. Demas, Luke, my fellow neighbor, Luke was Dr. Luke that wrote the book of Acts. And Luke. Mark was the one that wrote the book of Mark. So these people had first-hand information about what really happened. He says, they were with me here. I'm writing a letter. Please prepare a guest room for me. I will be freed soon. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen. Oh, Paul appealed to Philemon. My appeal to us as we're going to pray now is, please be a Christian indeed. Forgive people. Use your assets, your house, your property to propagate the word of God trust God and be obedient. When someone wrongs you very badly, please in the name of God, forgive. I'm not saying it is easy. I'm not saying it is convenient. I'm not saying that you will forget. I'm asking you in the name of God. Remember what Paul said to Philip, Philemon, I could have commanded you, but I ask you voluntarily to forgive him. I want us to bow our heads as we're going to pray. Let's bow our heads as we talk to God this hour. Father, help me to be a Christian.
1: Keep me all in my life. Keep me in body. Keep me all in my life. I pray. Give me all in my life, keep me burning,
0: keep me burning to the hell of the day. We need holding our lamp to keep burning every day. You remember exactly, Paul was writing a very passionate letter. I wonder, Onesimus, thinking someday he will be freed, but he never got out of it. I want us to pray to God, Father, help me to keep burning for you. The love for other people. The prayers for other people. So so that I can refresh other people. Help me to be an example of believer. Oh, we've learned from here. It says, I have confidence in your obedience. Father, help me, oh God, so that I can obey you at all times. So that I can yield my will to your instructions. So that I can do what you command me to do. He said, Lord, help me. So that I can refresh other people. So that I can encourage other people. He said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of thy mouth but let it be a word that is constantly bringing people up edification i want us to pray lord help me so that my words everything i do will be to encourage others somebody is talking about failure your confession and prayer should be it is well with you i understand what you are going through i know you have something as evidence in your hand, but god can help you I want us to pray to God. Lord, I want to be a Christian. Indeed. What does it mean to be a Christian? You must carry your cross every day. You must forgive other people. You must seek the knowledge of God. You must constantly love God with all your heart and with all your mind. You must be a true carrier. Bible says, for we are the ambassadors of Christ. We must be the one campaigning for that kingdom. Oh, Christ is coming. Oh, well, how will anybody see it if they do not see Christ in you? I want to pray to God, Father, I want you to help me in my decision making. God is not God just going to turn you to a spiritual effigy, and then you just become holy in one day. You, you are transformed day after day. The Bible says that, you know, we should not be tossed to and fro by every doctrine. Sounds great. Sounds cool. Sounds nice. Lord, help me to stand upon your wall.
1: Yes, Lord, yes. To your will and to your ways. Yes, Lord, yes. I will trust you and obey. When your spirit speaks to me, With my whole heart, I will say, and my answer will be yes, Lord, yes. Finally,
0: ask Him, Father, help me to be obedient to Your Word. There is no spiritual police. There is no enforcement to keep us to do the thing, but God's word alone. Ask him, Father, help me to be obedient to your word. But the end of the conversation is that in the end, we will all give an account of what we have done on this earth. For one day, we will appear before him. And of course, now it does not appear what we will look like, because we look as if we're looking in the shadows. But that day will come, and the trinkle of an eye will appear. It says, "For well, in my Father's house there are many mansions, and I will come and take you and prepare for you." It says, "Yeah, but in that place, if anyone has blemish on their garment, no, they won't be fitting." Ask God finally, Lord, help me to have a pure heart, a pure heart. There was you. If you have whole oh, you've held someone in your heart. You've not forgiven. Now, give us that one minute to ask God. Lord, I release anyone and everyone. Number one, so that your prayers can be answered. Jesus taught the disciples, you know, when you pray, uh, it says, Forgive us as we forgive those who have heard or done something to hurt us. Oh, yeah. So now, I just confess your sins and forgive those people, release them. Just just say, Lord, it hurt me badly. I don't know how much I can let these people go because of the bad things they've done to me. But Lord, um, I, I give up to you because you are in charge, you know, because you're great and, and you can help me. Help me to, to, to not feel that hurt that much anymore. Lord, I forgive them. Just, that's, that's it. That's it, right? Ask God, Father, help me to forgive. And the prodigal son said, I will go to my father and I will tell him, Daddy, I have sinned against heaven and you. I'm no longer wanted to be called your son, but uh, well, if you can just make me a servant. And the father said, what are you talking about? This your brother to Christ was dead, but now he's back. I want you to love people when they come back to Christ. And not be the one to kill them, not be the one to vilify them, not be the one to do stuff.